The year is 2008, and the adaptation of Stephanie Meyer's popular young adult novel is released in theaters. Some say it's a mess of horror and romantic trash for teens, but does it truly deserve that reputation? I'm Travis Kirkland. And I'm Luana Saita. And this is the Fendir Trash Movie. To another fine time on this fine show that we call Defend Your Trash Movie, the show where we examine bad movies and misrepresented films to see if they're actually good. And Luana, mm-hmm. it's the month of February, and I, for many people, the month of February is the month of love, Valentine's Day. Oh my gosh, love and romance. What, what kind of uh, romantic movie are we watching today well uh, we we will be watching what some some might call the greatest love story ever told a, a love that will last for a thousand years as uh some might say um oh but you know gosh. yeah mm-hmm. but you but you know what before we get to the movie i think we need to bring up not just some romantic feelings but a romantic segment and that is our you know Good old segment that we like to call Date or Pass. Ooh, I, I love the, nothing more romantic than Date or Pass. What well, mm-hmm. we got lined up for us today, uh, Travis? Well, I think in keeping with today's movie, we are going to be doing a vampire edition of Date Ooh. or Pass. We're, we're going to go through spooky. We're going to go through some of the uh, hollowed hollowed past of vampiric characters and <laughs> okay. uh see uh you know if we would date them or not you ready mm-hmm. okay yeah absolutely okay so date or pass our first person is akasha the queen of the damned of oh course, uh yeah uh-huh of, of course uh from not only the novel Queen of the Dam by Anne Rice, but also the movie where she is portrayed by the late singer Aaliyah. Um, y- you know, uh, Queen of the Dam, not a good movie. <laughs> I've never seen it, to be honest. You've never seen it. Okay. But uh, I I recall, even though I did not like the movie, that uh, Aaliyah herself was actually pretty good. As okay. as the as the titular queen of the dam, like of course it was a, it's a tragedy that she died so young, but I thought even with her limited screen time in the movie, because she's not in a lot of the movie, um, but mm-hmm. she makes a really good impression. It's disappointing that she didn't have a longer career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Oh, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm really only basing it on a. Uh, on that i really like Aaliyah a lot i really <laughs> like i mean she, she put out some great singles you know are you somebody are you uh, and, uh, off, try again try again <laughs> um and you know she's a great singer and uh 
an acting career that was cut too short. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, not a big Anne Rice fan, but uh, I'll, 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 I'll be damned for Queen of the Dance. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's freaking Aaliyah. What, what, what do you want me to say? Uh, I can't pass on Aaliyah. All right. Um, <laughs> our next, Our next vampire is Nandor the Relentless. <laughs> from what we do in the shadows the tv show as played by uh kevin novak Nandora the relentless. <laughs> the relentless um i uh huh definitely a funny vampire a funny guy uh hmm See, I the thing with my hesitation doesn't come from the danger that comes from nandor it's just more of like He's an airhead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like 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 all the vampires on that show are idiots, but like he's <laughs> yeah. like the he's like the most sort of like the most uh ditziest of the bunch. Yeah, there's there, there's something kind of sweet about Nandor though. I mean, like, um I think if I if I were to rank them according to like like they're all kind, of, they're all evil. But uh, I would say of the main trio, Nandor would be the least evil one. Yeah, even though I guess that's what the comedic premise is that he's like the most softest seeming one, even though he yeah. is supposed to be like historically this grand violent Warlord, conqueror. Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. um, yeah um, and uh, you know he doesn't seem to have good relation. Like he's the one who goes on the most like dates and trying to find a romantic partner in a doesn't seem to work that well seems yeah i'm, I'm just gonna be a uh, basic here again uh kevin novak is very tall <laughs> <I'm going to laughs> he is him. i'm going to infer some things about him oh uh, based on that so i'm i'm going to smash my friend okay okay uh, you know what? I I'm thinking we're gonna pass here. I think Nandor is a lot of fun as a character, but uh, yeah, I think there's not much uh, there. I think uh, <laughs> I think uh, you'd also have to deal with Guillermo. Uh, his... Oh yeah, Guillermo might kill me though. <laughs> yeah, uh, might accidentally kill me or intentionally kill me or somewhat. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna pass there. Okay. Uh, yeah, next, yeah. Ooh, uh, uh, that's a rare diver divergence between the hosts of your podcast. Uh, well, let's see if uh, there's a divergence or agreement on the next one, and we're plunging into the world of video games. Okay. <laughs> and so our next vampire is, and I here's the funny thing: I've written this down, but I don't know if I've actually set this character's name out loud before so i'm probably gonna mess it up <laughs> okay but lady dimitrice trescu from resident evil village um the the as a the the tall lady that uh the internet yeah, tall vampire wants, mommy, yeah. <laughs> that, that with the big mommy milkers and they want <laughs> her to step on them and you know as a uh, portrayed by uh maggie robertson yeah like like, what do you want me to say here? <laughs> I don't know. Like, like, let's see here. I, uh, I mean, she's definitely sexy. Like the uh, the animation on her is sexy. I think Maggie does a great job with the voice. Um, have you, have also... you played the game? 
I've seen a lot of let's plays of it. Oh, um, okay, okay, right, right. And uh, I do know Maggie does the does the mocap for, uh-huh, for the uh-huh. performance too. She does turn into a big giant uh, tentacle beast. Uh, You're not dissuading me here. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> um, uh huh. You know what? She lives in a nasty village, though. I don't like that nasty village in the castle. And also, <laughs> yeah. Right. And uh, like you also have to deal with like all the other, all the other monster creatures. Like there's there's like a guy who's a big machine, and there's a guy who's actually a big fish monster. Um, and you know what? I could probably find nicer tall ladies with huge racks. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I mean that, that that that's what Jennifer Coolidge is basically, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, I'm going to say, uh, I'm, I'm going to pass here. Yeah. I'm going to do another pass. Yeah. Like the thing is that, you know, there's a lot of Resident Evil games and they're, they're full of a lot of babes and, um, they're all, they're all surrounded by horrible monsters and in horrible environments. So like that, that that's not going to stop me. I will, <laughs> I will be a, I will be a Mr. Magoo walking into the Resident Evil village. <laughs> like, oh, 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 Lady Dimitrescu. <laughs> uh, so yeah, sorry to be a basic here. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering where, <laughs> what, what vampires will I not smash? Are you going to, well, we have a uh, two, we have two more. Okay. That we have to go through. So uh, we're we're heading back to the world of movies, though. Okay, okay, okay. And our next vampire is Quinn from Blade, as played by Donald Logue. Oh fucking! Hey, you got me. You got me. I'm not gonna fuck that guy. He's just some fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a. Uh, I mean, uh, he. Uh, I. I mean, he is very funny. Kind of like Nandor, he is very funny. Yeah, yeah, okay. In okay, in, in the movie, because he's just this kind of uh, <laughs> you know idiot henchman who yeah, continually right. gets like burnt or his hand torn off or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, Logue is really funny in that movie. Yeah, player, yeah. um, you fucking freak. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, Quinn. There's much sexier vampires. I mean, you got you got Wesley, you got Dorf. You got uh, that blonde lady who's Dorf's uh, girlfriend. Oh yeah, um, yeah, like sort of the German techno lady. Yeah, yeah. Um, hell, I, I think I would even smash Udo Kier before, before, <laughs> before. No offense to Logue, but uh, I, I would rather go with Udo Kier's character than. And then there's fucking you know Blade's mom. Blade's mommy. Um. So yeah, there's. Uh, so funny to be around, but kind of like Nander, I think I'm going to pass on this. I, I'll pass on this one too, because he, he's basically just an action movie henchman that has a, you know, keeps dying gimmick. So, eh, mm-hmm. you know, good gimmick, but, uh, yeah, not, yeah. not, not date, not date material. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we have our final vampire on our list. Okay, we'll, we'll see okay. where we go here. And that is Count Chocula. Of course, of the uh, famous br- br- uh, line of monster cereals like Boo Berry and Frankenberry, <laughs> Fruit Brutes, and whatnot. But there is Count Chocula, 
who wears all brown, brown hair. His his, his fangs are uh, filed down, and he has a sugary chocolate marshmallow cereal to give to what? us all. <laughs> is is Count Chocula still like? Is it still in uh, in rotation? Yeah, that, I I believe uh that this it's one of those halloween time cereals so it's not made year round but when it's halloween time they know it's like all right people are gonna want to buy these monster cereals during this time (laughs) so um have you had count have you have you had them before no no, i don't think they i've never um i i i've never i don't think i've ever seen that here no okay uh but what uh, do you have any thoughts about count chocula um, I would, uh, be, you know what, if I, if by smashing him, I would gain access to year-round Count Chocula, then I will, yeah. I'll put a qualifier on Will Smash if I am paid in year-round Chocula. Hey, I mean, you know, uh, they, you know, oftentimes there's a, there's this common complaint of like, yeah. Yeah, they'll love you in bed, but uh, will they get your breakfast in the morning? And I think Count Chocula <laughs> would in this case. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know what it is. I, maybe I don't have love in my heart this 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 February, but I, I think I got a pass again. Because um, <laughs> here's the thing: I have had these cereals before, the the Count Chocula, the Frankenberry, the Booberry, and uh-huh. I think they're just kind of okay. To be very frank, okay, right. Um, they're fine. Like they're not the worst cereals on the market, but you're definitely buying them more for gimmick than taste. Right. Um, do you get them uh, like seasonally? I think I remember. I do remember I got them once because, like, ah, oh, well, uh, hey, look, they're they're on the aisle, and I haven't had these since I was a kid. Let's get these. <laughs> and I just remember thinking they were they were fine. Like the the just very basic fun and that you're only really buying them because of like, ah, you know, fun, childhood, nostalgia, Halloween and all that. I mean, credit to Count Chocula and the other monsters. The the character design is very appealing. Um, I do like them as characters, but uh, yeah, the serials aren't great. And so through transitive properties, I think I have to give Count Chocula a pass. Okay, okay. <laughs> Fucking figures I pour myself out for a... <laughs> for, an, <laughs> for some for free food? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, again, uh, I mean, uh, look, uh, look, maybe it's just me. Luana, maybe I, 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 I don't have the love in my heart for vampires, but maybe, possibly, Luana, I could find <laughs> that love if I talk about one of the greatest vampire love stories of all time because i think it's time to crack open the book and enter into the world of twilight Ooh, let's take a trip to forks washington
You're impossibly fast and strong. You gotta give me some answers. I'd rather hear your theories. I have considered radioactive spiders and kryptonite. It's all superhero stuff, right? What if I'm not the hero? What if I'm the bad guy? I know what you are. Your skin is hell white and ice cold. You don't go out into the sunlight. Say it out loud. Say it. Vampire. Are you afraid? No. This isn't real. This kind of stuff just doesn't exist. It does in my world. I just want to try one thing. I don't know how long I've waited for you. What is going on? security guard at the mill got killed by some kind of animal. An animal? My family, we're different from others of our kind. You brought a snack. What, now he's coming after me? The hunt is his obsession. He's never gonna stop. I'd rather die than to stay away from you. He's got unparalleled senses, absolutely lethal. I'll do whatever it takes to make you safe again. You're faster than the others. But not stronger. I'm strong enough to kill you. You are my life now. Twilight, directed by Catherine Hardwick, was released on November 21st, 2008. It stars Kristen Stewart, Robert Pattinson, Peter Fascinelli, Billy Burke, and many others. It adapts the first book of the Twilight series, written by Stephanie Mayer. Uh, Twilight! Twilight! (laughs) One of the, you know, whether you love it or hate it, it is one of the most significant franchises and phenomena of the 21st century pop culture landscape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, uh, Team Edward, Team uh, Team Jacob. But uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that's gotten into the larger pop culture. And I give it up. You know, sparkly vampires, vampire baseball. Uh, I remember back in '08, people were like, "Oh, I mean, real vampires." But like, you know, funnily enough, that that stuff was just so. Uh, <laughs> that stuff was just so offbeat that it it penetrated the um the pop culture and here we are if 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 I, if I say sparkly vampires you know if you're even a little bit of a pop culture nerd you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah um you know uh for me personally i'm i'm i am definitely an outsider to this franchise uh i've never read any of the yeah, books right. um i have seen all of the movies though and so from my outsider perspective, I will say this. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't call any of the movies good. Mm-hmm. But I do think all of the movies are very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, what, what, what's your relationship to the uh, Twilight franchise? Um, I remember watching them in a weed-filled dorm room haze back when they came out um you know off of the torrents because you know they were getting such poor reviews 
uh, me and my my pals were just like, oh, let's let's, because you know we we used to torrent movies all the time, and uh, we we basically just watch everything that came out, and we're like, oh, that's got to be funny, and uh, they were they were we watched all of them, like whenever the new Twilight came out, like bro, the new fucking Twilight is out, and uh, we'd we'd like we'd we'd see cams pretty quick of of those, uh, um, so. I, I never, I've never read the novels. Um, not, not sure. No, I don't think I've ever seen any of them in the cinema. But, um, yeah, I have, I have seen every Twilight movie multiple times. <laughs> and uh, two thousand, yeah. And now the franchise is over ten years old. Like this, the <laughs> first movie that we're doing is a two thousand eight movie, and it's uh, fucking as old as the MCU. How wild is that? Yeah. Yeah, in uh, 2012, that was when the last movie, Breaking Dawn Part Two, came out. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's crazy, and it, and it and again, love it or hate it, it truly was like a phenomenon. It truly was something that dominated pop culture, no matter your opinion on it. Um, uh, I'll say this: I think one thing that is really fascinating to me about this movie franchise. And again, this is I'm I'm speaking as someone who has never read the books. But I think what why I find them to be entertaining is that they are so weird. These are very weird movies. And that weirdness seems to come from the fact that the movies seem pretty faithful to the source material. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Like when I like when I read up on like what are the differences between the movies and the books, it doesn't seem like the movies change a lot. It's uh, maybe there's like some embellishments, maybe some things are taken out, but it's not like where there's other like in other film adaptations where like a character's backstory is completely upended or they add a new character yeah, yeah, or like yeah, yeah. or like it's not in Forks, it's in some other city or town. Yeah. Um, the events, yeah. In, in did you say Tampa? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God! They could have that romance next to Bush Gardens. <laughs> that's, that's Although, like the, Cullen, the Cullens live in the beer can building. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's also full of roller coasters, then I guess then I guess the story would just become the Lost Boys. <laughs> Yeah, uh, another vampire movie with an iconic soundtrack. What do you know? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, motoring. What if uh, where Sister Christian was missing? I think from this soundtrack, wasn't it? If it was, if it wasn't for the fact that there were so many of like then modern artists on the soundtrack, wouldn't like Night Ranger be perfect for the yeah. Twilight? Movie? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, what was I? Getting? Okay, but they do it's seem like pretty. One to one, and so, yeah, uh-huh. and I'm sure, like for the fans, you know that that's a win because they get to see like their favorite moments, uh, translated pretty faithfully. But that means, like, the thing with like adaptation, especially when you're going from like one media to another media, mm-hmm. is that a lot of times you're adjusting things to, to <laughs> suit that yeah, media. Yeah, like, okay, something in a book that doesn't seem odd, maybe it would seem odd in a movie, so we gotta fix it around somehow. <laughs> and the thing about these Twilight movies is, like, they don't seem to... Re- Again, like I said, they don't change it. So <laughs> the things that were already odd in the in the book remain 
odd and even yeah. odder in the movie uh and especially because like the movies are very straight-faced and earnest about <laughs> uh about the happenings there's never really much irony or or you don't have characters like constantly making these like kind of ironic jokes like there's not a lot of irony in twilight yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's barely any, there's barely any jokes, <laughs> let alone any, <laughs> uh, any irony. But you know, um, it, it's that earnestness that, like, you know, if you want to, you know, let, uh, we always uh, try to be positive here uh, on this here podcast, and I, and I think it's that earnestness that you know um, is the best way to look at it in a, in a positive light, because um, um, I I was struck by how honestly, like. The, the the start of the movie is honestly I, I I was struck by how honestly kind of cute I found it um like everyone is is really soft spoken and friendly <laughs> um like they're all kind of like stumbling over each other's words and like, yeah oh, hey yeah I guess I'm you know everyone everyone is like you know Bella's the new kid at school but like she's not really bullied <laughs> like maybe. Maybe that one black kid that's kind of a jock, maybe kind of slightly, if you if you, uh, but like nothing serious. Um, yeah. Who like, they immediately for who they immediately forget in the sequels? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, you know she immediately has friends. You know, Anna Kendrick is there, and like the Asian kid, and and then uh, the the girl with the glasses, and okay, <laughs> uh, and like it's. Like everyone's kind of bland, but everyone is also kind of nice. So it's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, that that earnestness I think really popped up, especially to me when I re rewatched it for uh -huh. for the podcast because it, it weird. Like I had seen the movie before, but oddly, having to watch this after Xanadu, it's uh -huh. kind of remarkable. Like I was kind of feeling the same earnest similarities there where like right, yeah. both movies are like totally strange but straight faced about how this is you know the greatest love ever and the emotions and the turmoil is the most catastrophic thing in the world <laughs> oh my goodness right, right. um and i'll and i guess i'll say this in in defense of the earnestness i think you know obviously one of the punching bags of this movie of this franchise is that like people like ah the love story sucks the love story ain't good and the romance ain't good and that there's definitely i think some valid criticisms of that that we'll get to but i i will admit admit that like look this is a story meant for teenagers written now written by an adult but made for teenagers it is a young adult story when I was talking about Taylor Swift uh, a few episodes back when we did Defend Your Playlists, one of the things I remember saying was, oh, one that and it stands true still is that, like, I think one thing that Taylor does so well and why I'm a fan of hers is that, sure, you could criticize a lot of her songs for being petty or flighty or too melodramatic in love, but it's like, but I do, but I do think she manages to capture that kind of those weird, confusing feelings of young love. And sure, they may not be the most mature feelings, but 
they are feelings that everybody has around those ages. And I think she manages to capture that in such a great way in her music. Now, I don't think Twilight captures that as well, but it's like, you know, I do buy the, again, this is where the earnestness is like, works for me where it's like, yeah, but I do buy that. Like how earth shattering it sells crushes and falling in love and, you know, hormones and whatnot. Again, done in not a very, uh, not a, you know, not, not in the most maybe artfully done way, but it's like, no, but I get it. You know, I get it. And, and, you know, it's also, you know, uh, by the time the twilight hit, you know, I was, you know, a good many years removed from like the intended age range, but, uh, but it's like, no, I think, but uh, yeah, I get it. I get it. Even if I don't think it's the best thing in the world, I get it at least. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I think that's why um, I think I, I, I think it's it's going to be difficult to um, determine whether or not this is a um, a trash watch by the end of this podcast, because it is not. Like, I can't quite say, because he, exactly, we're so far from the intended audience uh, that, uh, does it work? You know what I mean? Uh, I, I understand what it's going for, you know, indeed, I understand that it is supposed to be, you know, earth-shattering romance that feels so big when you're 16, even though, you know, an adult might be like, hey, you know, act normal, but... Uh, I was, I think the, because like obviously movies and novels and what have you plays are empathy machines. They are meant to put you in the you know shoes of someone you never were or, um, you know, place you into a crazy different world and uh, make you feel uh you know, of this the same way that the characters are, even if they're they don't look like you. But I, I think with Twilight, uh, what kind of makes that difficult for me here is even though theoretically I understand, like this is this is for sixteen year olds or you know, this is for teenagers and teenagers are have bigger emotions. Like theoretically I get that, but I do also believe that, like, in, you know, in 2020-plus, you know, watching this type of stuff, we've got, we've got actual, like, we've got, you know, uh, movies on, 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 on our streaming services that have, like, uh, two teenage girls or two teenage boys falling in love, and they're nice little, you know, and you, you, even if you're not a teenager yourself, you can be like, oh, that's nice because, you know, it's kind of rough out there for, you know, if you're a queer teenager. Uh, so it's nice to be a, you know, may not be me, but it's uh, you're like, oh, that's nice to see that kind of story. And you know, Edward and Bella are literally just, not only are they not queer and, you know, they're white, they're handsome, they're, they, they're middle class or better than middle class in Edward's case. They also don't really have any other <laughs> uh, sort of uh, 
that like you know they 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 have all those things working against them uh, in terms of empathy um you know automatic empathy uh, creation but it, it is then up to the screenplay to um be like here is why you should feel empathy for them here is why you know you should root for edward and bella to get together and there, I, I just don't see it, you know. Maybe if I were a thirteen-year-old girl, I'd, I'd be, you know, my hormones were racing for for Robert Pattinson. I, I'd get it, but like that—that's literally the only thing. Like Edward is really hot, you know, <laughs> and there's no, the characters are too bland for me to latch on to anything. Which is so funny because like Robert Pattinson is is fucking great. <laughs> um, Kristen Stewart is fucking great. <laughs> You've got these actually really good actors. Um, but they're not, they're not given anything. And it is, it is, it makes the story so exclusively, um, well, alienating to anyone. And again, I, I will, I will open myself up to, you know, to whatever. I, I understand that stories and art are for, um, you know, move, stepping out of your shoes and someone else's shoes, but, I think there is there is some work to be done by the authors, you know, or by the writers, and I think that um, if if I'm not mistaken, it was Robert Pattinson who said uh, maybe not in the press tour for this one, but on one of one of them, he's like uh, he's like yeah, I remember you know reading the novel and it felt like I was reading something very private. It felt like I was. Reading I wasn't supposed to be reading, and uh, and I guess that's that whole that's you know, you know more power to you if 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 that particular thing, uh, if this particular bit of fanfic, uh, works for you. But it's 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 uh, unfortunately I I'm kind of left in the lurch here uh, for for all the nice things I can I can say about it. You know what what do you feel? Yeah, I and I, I want to use that to kind of transition to talking about our two characters and our two actors in the center of this all. Uh, and I want to I want to start with Bella and Kristen Stewart because Kristen Stewart is a great actress. Like, okay, first and foremost, I say if you still have a hangup about Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson being bad actors. I think you really need to get over yourself at this point. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Um, because here's the thing. They have definitely proven themselves to be great actors since Twilight. But I would think they were, they were still good actors before Twilight. Like, I don't think Twilight was something that they had to, like, learn from. Or it's like, oh, they had to, you know, fight to get better after, you know, Twilight. It's like, no, I think they always are. They always were really good actors. Um, and to focus back on Bella, Kristen Stewart, I, 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 the thing about Stewart in this movie is that I, she has a really, well, they both have hard jobs, but kind of different hard jobs, I think. In the case of like Bella and Stewart, the problem, and you know, this has been pointed out so, so many times about Bella is that she simply does not have that much of a personality. Like there are people who will, you know, sort of academically look at the character and be like, oh, yes, this protagonist doesn't have much. And then, of course, there are those really bad faith actors who will really try to dig their claws like, yeah, 
fucking Bella, Mary Sue, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but I will say that, like, a legitimate criticism is that it seems like in the book, Bella is a character without much personality and not much mm-hmm. agency. Um, it's the things that happen around her and the things that happen to her and that the universe kind of just magically circles around her eventually, especially as the books go on. Um mm-hmm. That there's not, and again, going back to this thing of like the book that the movies are so faithful that it's like, but in adaptation, they don't really give Bella anything else of a personality. So I think, you know, when, when this movie came out, people made fun of Stuart for the things for like the, the biting for like the constant biting her lower lip and, you know, tugging at the hair. But for me, I think that's more her. It's like, she has nothing to work with here <laughs> yeah, uh, like yeah. on the script. So it's like she has to like come up with something. And right, so yeah, she's yeah. developing like these ticks of like, oh, I'm just going to find a way to play this really kind of uncomfortable teenager who, do- who, mm-hmm. who doesn't feel who doesn't feel right in, you know, my in my environment until like I kind of take on this dangerous relationship. So. I mean, that's where I give the the credit to Stuart because it's like, I, mm-hmm. I you know, I, there's nothing there, and and those ticks that people make fun of her for, it's like, no, she she's trying to make something out of it, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the and there is, I I, I think there's probably something to say about, um, um, you know, there was she's she's just. Uh, She's not much of a character. She's blank slate that your audience can project onto, like, I don't know, Luke Skywalker or something. But, like, Luke goes and does stuff. <laughs> um, and, uh, but, yeah, no, I completely agree with, uh, like, the, 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 the signifiers of the quote-unquote bad performance. I think that's indeed Stuart just trying to make do with what, what is going on there. Cause she literally is just the person that the plot needs to happen to. So, so that, you know, the, the, the universe has to twist and bend and turn so that she, you know, the, she gets the boy, but also like the boy, get, the boy has to get her because like this particular conservative fantasy requires the boy to do the like heavy lifting. Um, so yeah, she's just, just kind of stuck there in that corner. Yeah, and again, like the uh, I again, I, and I try, and I'm saying this not as you know trying to be one of these you know idiot internet mouth breathers when I say it's like that that the you know I think the self insert fantasy of Bella is like I think even apparent in the first few minutes where like every like when she gets to the high school. Kind of like you pointed out, like everyone is like fascinated with Bella, like, oh, that's the new kid. That's the new kid. Oh, <laughs> that's the new kid. And then, you know, Edward, you know, suddenly takes, you know, an intense liking to Bella. Mm-hmm. But like, and this is no, uh, this is no drag on Kristen Stewart, but like, is she any more attractive than like Anna Kendrick? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like or anyone else at the school, and again, I, I that's not on Stuart. That's just on like just the text. It kind of just, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, call it bad writing or juvenile writing. You know that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And that, that is, I didn't even consider that. Like, Anna Kendrick is right there. And she's like, and you know, that, that is, Anna Kendrick is a, a great actress, also like Kristen Stewart, and also a, you know, beautiful woman. And, uh, like, and you know, if, if that is the type that Edward falls for, she's, she is kind of, that was, like, she's a petite white brunette. <laughs> that, that's, like what? What is the deal with Bella? <laughs> uh, God, that that is funny. Never considered that. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I, I want to talk now about Edward Cullen and Robert Pattinson. And I think he has an opposite thing that he's trying to do. Where, you know, since Twilight, I think one of the big things that Robert Pattinson has become proven to do is play really weird characters like characters with very odd mannerisms or just really strange premises and whatnot um and doing so extremely well and i have to say like years looking and you know kind of looking back retroactively on the first twilight it's like oh i i see him doing bringing that same energy to edward like kind of the same thing where it's like the text of the novel presents Edward as being such a strange, odd, weird, uh, very uh, close to very violent character. So strange, so odd that nothing in the film adaptation is done to like soften the edges necessarily. Like he remains a very strange figure. And I think it's, you know, again, just like how people made fun of Kristen Stewart in Vertics, you know, people make people made fun of Robert Pattinson and like just, you know, the, the strange like facial tics and the, the weird, you know, breathing and the staring and whatnot. But again, I think that's Robert Pattinson I recognizing like, oh, Edward Cullen, he may be sexy, but he's a strange fucking guy. Yeah, right, and, right. I, and so I am going to zero in on how strange this person would actually be. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, again, there it's, it's, it's again, I think just like with Kristen, it's like, he's just committing to the strangeness of the text or just seeing what's there and just trying to find something because otherwise the movie isn't supporting a more mainstream version of this story so he's just trying to find a way in. And and again, I like, you know, it is a strange... I, I don't think it's a bad performance he's given. I think it's a very odd, weird, strange performance because he's just <laughs> recognizing the strangeness of the story. No, yeah, absolutely. It is It is. It is a Robert Pattinson performance. It is It is a patented... Uh, patented Pattinson is what's going on here. <laughs> Good old um, R-Pat. <laughs> yeah, um... I I love that he makes um he makes Edward almost medically horny. <laughs> that <laughs> when he first like um the moment that he's sitting by himself in the science room and like the science teacher is like, okay, Bella, pair up with someone, and like there's a spot next to Edward. Um, like the the camera hands over to him sitting next to the window and he like shivers looking at Bella. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah. 
It reminded me of, like, um, you know the Lonely Island song, Jizz in My Pants? <laughs> yeah. Where there's, like, a... well, first of all, there's that line, like, lock eyes from across the room. <laughs> and there's also, like, when uh, near the end of the video where, like, consecutively, like, l- less sexy things are making them jizz in their pants. <laughs> like, there's one where, like, he's, uh, I open a window and a breeze rolls in and I jizz. <laughs> and he's, like, sitting next to the window. <laughs> and Edward literally is sitting next to a window going, And it's such a perfect jizz in my pants moment. <laughs> And that moment to me is also even funnier, like on top of all that, like it's so funny how it play it plays out in other details. Like when, when Bella first, first walks into the room, she goes past a, a fan that causes her hair to like blow in the wind. So like when, when uh, Edward sees her, like, li- like there's a fan literally blowing her hair <laughs> back to, in like a very movie star like way. And then, the way that the shot is framed, there's a taxidermy owl with its wings stretched out behind <laughs> Edward, and it, and it's so just on the nose, like, see, get it? He's a that that's a bird of prey behind oh. Edward, <laughs> yeah, like, right. he, like he's a predator and trying to find his next victim. Don't you get it? Don't you get it? Uh, it's just, <laughs> it's just again, it's the again, it goes back to this like the movie doesn't or at least the movie in tone doesn't realize how silly it is it is and 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 the fact that it never is i mean everyone is as committed to the seriousness as like leslie nielsen in the naked gun movies or something like that you know (laughs) yeah it's funny because uh uh, i was watching this also again um and uh so there's so many great moments of silliness like uh oh we gotta love the salad this when the cullens invite bella over for dinner and because they don't eat human food they're like oh uh, what does she eat oh a salad and i think because they know that she's kind of italian they're making like an italian salad um so it's like okay that also speaks i think like the juvenile writing of this thing. Like, I don't know if that, that whole salad thing was in the book, but it does seem like that's what a 12 year old would think that it's like, okay, our characters who don't know how to, who've never really done like human cooking know that an Italian person is coming. So they're going to make Italian food. Like that, like that, like that's, that's, that seems like what, like a teen or a kid. That's, that's that type of, right, right, or, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. or I think even later, there's a when they're in Edward's bedroom, he puts on some like classical music, right? And it's, um, it's, that's classy. <laughs> yeah, but I but I think it's hey, correct me if I'm wrong, try uh, Twihards, but I I, I could have sworn that like he puts on the music because the assumption is that like oh he's so old that that's his type of music that he would listen to would be right, classical right. music, yeah. but like. He's not, but like he comes from, I think, like what Civil War era, I think uh, Edward came from, or something like that. So, like, uh, no, that's no, 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 he's he's from the he's from the first pandemic. He's from nineteen eighteen. Okay, but still, that's not like 
that's not the music he would be listening to. <laughs> that's not, yeah, that's exactly. not. Like, he that's still... To, like, uh, old ragtime. Do, 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 old ragtime. He'd be going to see those old goof, old old black and white goofy shorts, and he'd be singing, oh, the world owes me a <laughs> living, living, or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, like knapsack Edward walking into class. Instead of hunting uh, for dinner, uh, Edward just eats by uh, putting a hot dog on a stick and eating that over a campfire <laughs> with, a, with a can of beans. <laughs> can of beans, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh my god bumpkin goofy edward i I would love where's that version of twilight <laughs> like uh just like walt stephanie meyer is putting all her political cards on the table with disgusting <laughs> bumpkin edward <laughs> <laughs> yeah. something i never thought about um speaking of the cullens is that uh uh it especially gets more developed in the later movies um but isn't the Cullen aren't the Cullens uh, essentially like the X Men in a weird way? Like the, yeah, right, the way right. that the mythology like folds out later, it's like you know not only do vampires have these same different powers universally, but then every vampire has their own unique power, um, whether it's mind reading or seeing yeah, into the future yeah, yeah. or blah blah blah. Um, and so, and then it's w- funny because you could almost think of like the Cullens as like, okay, they're the X Men, and Carlisle is like the Professor X of the group. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, and then uh-huh. later, when Michael Sheen and the Voltari get get introduced, they're like Magneto, <laughs> Magneto and the Brotherhood. And, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's funny to think it's like, oh, they just made. Like YA romantic uh, X Men movies, mutant movies, essentially. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, yeah. You know, and, and and frankly, to be honest, hot take. <laughs> if 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 I bring in the X Men and the mutants into the MCU, that is how he should do it. It should just be teen comedy YA romance. Don't don't give them big things to do. Make it a high school thing. That's that's my take. Uh- <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Um, huh, what? Well, there's so much ridiculous stuff in this movie. Uh, the vamp- We were talking about what we do in the shadows uh, earlier, and uh, I, I'm currently watching season three because that just dropped on uh, Disney Plus uh, here. And uh, there's a moment where they go play baseball in a in a. Uh, twilight uh, gag and they actually do play uh muse's supermassive black hole yeah. <laughs> oh yeah i remember that yeah <laughs> like uh baseball was already like oh how funny like twilight and then they said <laughs> oh fuck that was that was a great fucking punchline for uh, a deep cut reference uh, for <laughs> vampire nerds i mean i gotta admit for as much Fun has been poked at uh, at that baseball scene. I I kind of love it. it. It's 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 again not realizing how weird it is, but it's like, hey, but it's 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 strange, but I I'm entertained. You know, I'm not bored. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, exactly, huh? 
I, I think that um, of the times that I rewatched Twilight, the only one that actively bores me and uh, is Eclipse. That's the third one. This one is the most sort of artisanal. It hadn't become a smash hit yet. Um, I, I think I read somewhere that this is the only one that uses like pre-existing pop songs because from New Moon onward, it was like a big deal to land a Twilight soundtrack gig. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, like that Muse song was already mm -hmm. uh, a few years old at this point, I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um and then i think muse did do a new song for one of the later soundtracks but uh yeah uh oh interesting though i think i learned this trivia fact so uh so in the movie we're introduced to victoria one of the evil tracker vampires yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's uh i forget the actress's name but she's in this and then victoria same actress pops up in new moon but then when she shows up in Eclipse, she is played by Bryce Dallas Bryce Howard. Dallas Howard, yeah. And that is apparently because the act, the reps for the actress for Victoria, when Eclipse came around, they tried to play hardball with the salary, and Summit said no. Nah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, but, I guess Summit did go to Bryce Dallas Howard for the first movie. And oh, seriously? Bryce. Yeah, and Bryce turned it down, but then I guess, you know, when, I don't know, I guess it feels especially like, fuck you to that actress, where it's like, oh, fuck you, you want more money? Well, never oh, mind, we just gotta get Bryce Dallas Howard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, and here's another thing I, I didn't know about until I did a little bit of research. The iconic scene, and again, whether you like this movie or not, it is iconic scene, where Edward reveals himself as a vampire yeah the skin of a killer <laughs> the skin of a killer and the sparkling that moment is not in the book uh oh, seriously? In the, oh okay yeah in the book i guess the how edward reveals it is that they're just in edward's car and they're just it's just a conversation they have when driving but you know for the movie they had to, you know, it's like, no, this has to have some weight to it, some melodrama to it. So they came up with this big, huge thing, which, again, for better <laughs> or worse, is is an iconic movie moment. <laughs> oh, that's great. I guess it's like the um, uh, the Ruby Slippers, which I think were silver in uh, the book Wizard of Oz. Um, mm -hmm. Or... Yeah, they were originally, yeah, and silver in the book, and uh, of course, ruby red, iconically in the movie. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, that's uh, good on you, Catherine Hardwick. Because uh, <laughs> uh, that, that, that's still one of the top memed moments from, from Twilight, like the, the, the yeah. skin of a killer. <laughs> yeah. And it, isn't it weird? Because definitely Twilight is such a is kind of unique among a lot of franchises with being very female focused. Like there's a lot of, a lot more women in prominent roles, definitely a lot of more women in the fan base. And yet this is the only one that has a female director um, with Catherine Hardwick. Um, and, it, it, and I gotta say, like it does have the most unique look like that kind of now iconic, blue washed out filter look to the movie it only exists in this movie otherwise the movies have much more warmer colors to yeah, it. yeah they, they kind of become pretty like 
uh, you know, competently done blockbuster movies after this one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's and it's funny that or not funny. I don't know that like. I guess Hardwick really hasn't done. I she's done stuff, but like it's weird because she hasn't been able to like ride the juice off of uh, you know directing the first Twilight movie. You know, which yeah. is uh, you know unfortunately maybe she had to battle the same albatross around the neck that our Pat and Case do had to, where it's like as successful as it was, it was also a stigma maybe to their careers in a way and. Unfortunately, maybe Hardwick just couldn't, you know, get out from that, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's a shame. She did, um, she did that Guillermo del Toro. Uh, she did one of them. Um, oh, did she? I I haven't watched that yet. She did the adaptation of Dreams in the Witch House for the Lovecraft. Oh, was it good? I liked it. It was. Uh, okay. It was honestly pretty Guillermo-ish, like the the crazy okay. the crazy witch that uh, chases Ron Weasley around. Uh, <laughs> And uh, oh, fucking, fucking DJ Qualls uh, uh, as the chasing around as the Rat Man chasing <laughs> around some skinny white boys, I guess in this <laughs> in this witch house. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, our, yeah, uh, it's uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm trying to oh, you know, you know what's you know who I think genuinely gives a great performance in these movies. Is that gonna be um, Billy Burke? I think Billy Burke. Is doing yes. the best. <laughs> he's doing the best straight dramatic role. I'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, uh, like other roles, other characters are fun because they're playing into the campiness. But he's the one who's playing the drama of it all, the <laughs> best of a guy who's who's not a bad dad. Like, I think it would be yeah, easy yeah. to paint this character as like a bad dad. I mean, he's a cop, so there you go. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but like, it's just more like he's just kind of just, you know, emotionally isolated and can't yeah, relate right. to his daughter and everything. So he just feels, like, tired and resigned to this daughter who he can't connect with and this daughter who's now, like, going out into the world pursuing who knows what. And I, I got to say, like, <laughs> if there's any reality to any of these movies, he is bringing it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, he's... Uh he's the only one in a Kelly Reichardt movie. You know? yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Um, the, and he, he in fact has one of the few um, intentional laugh moments where he's kind of like cleaning his gun and, uh, Oh, that's, that's my boyfriend, uh, Edward. And the gun has been in the shot for the entire scene <laughs> and he's just like oh okay. <laughs> and he gets up and like cl- loads the gun and goes to the door and that's a, that's such a great uh setup that that's a great build up and pay off of like uh you know it, it, it's a twist on there's a there's a suitor for my daughters so i'm gonna get the shotgun ho ho but like because it was in the shot the whole time and he was cleaning his gun while they were having that conversation it suddenly morphs into that gag, yeah, uh, which, yeah. which is it is is uh, is really well done. Uh, so, yeah, uh, kudos that that is the, like a legit great great uh, moment in in the movie. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that like it is such a cliche, but you could say like it's even funnier because this is an instance where he probably does need a weapon because <laughs> he is dating a monster man. 
and that goes into it's 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 kind of here in the first movie, but something I do like in the movies in general is like for movies that are PG thirteen, they are pretty violent. Um, um, <laughs> they they don't get gory, but like you know the way you have to kill a vampire is ripping their goddamn head off, and <laughs> they they do that to uh, the 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 one guy Blondie Tracker. Uh, at the end, but like there is a lot of beheadings in, <laughs> yeah. in, in the Twilight the series, series, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah um, culminating in that uh, fake out fight in Breaking Dawn Part Two. But like, <laughs> I I do appreciate that in the same way it does not shy away from the strangeness of the romance. They don't shy away from like, oh yeah, these vampires have to get literally decapitated to <laughs> to put an end to them and set their fucking bodies on fire. <laughs> yeah no absolutely and i think that's also one of those things that because i mean uh twy heads please correct us but i feel like this is also an instance of the directors just kind of having fun with it uh like, oh sure we're being loyal and faithful to the books but like i'm sure stephanie meyer didn't describe these things i know for a fact that um the fake out fight is well it is a fake out fight so um that that um uh, that threw a lot of fans back in 2012. So I'm guessing there's not a lot of uh, them. There's not a lot of uh, violence actually described in the books. I, I think I would have loved to be in a theater when that. Yeah, when that fucking like, <laughs> Because again, like we said, the movies are so one-to-one with the books. And then suddenly this fight breaks out where beloved characters are getting killed off. <laughs> one by one and it's like oh my god the, the audience must have had a conniption fit you know with that scene <laughs> even though it's kind of kind of awesome you know <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> um but you know i i think we could go on for a long time about twilight because you know i there's so much stuff to unpack with this series so uh you know i'll, I'll say this i think this may not be our Last visit to Forks. I think we we may want to take another trip to the town of vampires and coming soon werewolves. Uh, maybe next Valentine's Day season, you know? Uh, but you know what? Uh, until then, I, we need to kind of wrap it up with this movie, the first movie of the series, Twilight. And uh, we'll do so by talking about most trashy and least trashy our our least favorite, most favorite things about the movie. And uh, for most trashy for me, it is cliche to say, but I, I but it, it is kind of the worst element. It is the romance. Um, I Now, I do think there is something compelling to the romance in the fact that, you know, during the course of these films, our patent case dude did fall in love. They did have a relationship and breakup. So there is a a little bit of chemistry in there scenes that do kind of make the scenes work, but what it is fighting against is a lot of the text spelling out that this is a very dangerous, bad relationship. Again, I'm not pointing out anything new, but it is to the detriment that for a movie that is so centered on this romance being the grandest one of all that in movie form, outside of a 
point of view that can easily be assimilated in book form. It doesn't really work in movie form. And so unless you are kind of like us and delighted by the strangeness of all the proceedings, you're not going to have a good time. And I think it is really to the detriment of this movie. So yeah, again, nothing new, but I think the romance is the trashiest part of this movie. What about you? What's most trashy for you? Um, well, if I had to, because obviously you stole my thunder there, uh, <laughs> I would have liked to have either Bella or Edward be a nice character that you would like rather than project onto with Bella or trust on being super horny for Robert Pattinson with um, with 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 Edward. Or, or maybe have a um, may, maybe have a, a conflict that would draw us in. Uh, I would. I think the trashiest element is the fact that there is no attempt at making it in any way universal, which in a way is an element I respect. Really, it's it's just, it's just for teenage girls. It's only for teenage girls. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, but we're going to move into least trashy, our most favorite thing about the movie. And hmm, what would be my favorite thing? I think. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to say that I do kind of just like how uh, honestly violent the movie can be. And, and definitely this is the least violent of the movies. But the <laughs> fact that like, yeah, there isn't any like. I, I could easily see, like, again, a, a adaptation, a, a adaptation of this movie trying to soften the edges. So when they deal with like the tracker at the end, they have to like, I don't know, banish him or he or or he commits suicide or blah blah blah. But no, it's like no, we gotta rip rip its head off, rip his head off, set his body on fire. That's kind of <laughs> the stage of how we deal with bad vampires. Um, so just as the movie is committed to the weird horniness and romance of it all, I like that the that that's how the movie ends. It's like, yep, yeah, gotta rip <laughs> off the head and move on with uh, how great Bella and Edward are together. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that that's my uh, least trashy. What about you? What's least trashy for you about Twilight? I think it's the way that the actors and the technicians, the director, are just making the darndest the best out of you know what they have you know uh, uh, pattinson and stewart just trying to get something out of those empty ass characters and uh, honestly putting something on screen uh, billy burke as we talked about um you know get, being putting in a real performance uh catherine hardwick uh, put, uh assembling a look with her uh with her dop uh oh, who shot this actually uh but um yeah, so so it, it is. It, people work hard on this, and it it, it kind of shows. And it's just that you know, you, uh, making trying to make uh, trying to make lemonade, as it were, you know. So yeah, uh, and 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 I think the it's Carter Burwell, by the way, he who did uh, I think Banshees of Inisherin, if I'm not yeah, he did <laughs> Banshees of Inisherin. Um, <laughs> it is a nice looking movie that everyone did their best on so that's my least trashy take on and i guess i like the i like the side it's got some cool uh it's got some it's got some cool songs on the soundtrack 
Uh, a plus for effort, I guess, or at least an A minus for effort, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what? That's not our final grade. This is our final grade by answering the final question, the ultimate question of this podcast. So, Luana, give us your final thoughts by answering the question. Is Twilight a trash movie? Yes, for me, but I know that there are people for whom this does work and for whom this does connect. So, a uh, qualified yes, because I am not the target audience. Um, how about you, Travis? Yeah, I, I've said some very nice things about the movie, but I will also say yes, it's trash. Um, simply because I think it never reconciles, uh, it never reconciles the fact that it, the, that the story is a bit wall is kind of wobbly and, and it doesn't like solve that in the movie adaptation. The text has issues and right, right. those text issues remain in the movie. Uh, but that being said, even though I consider this movie trash, I would not consider it the most horrid thing that has ever graced our movie uh, screens. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 you know, I, I definitely think while you can look at some of the problem that there are, tr we didn't really touch on them, but there are some true problematic elements you can touch on with the Twilight series. Like, you know, how does it handle um bad relationships or representations of native americans and whatnot um but on the whole i don't think that this franchise is like a blight on society or yeah, a blight, know, exactly or 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 even a blight not or, or even a blight on being on the taste of connoisseurs you know it it, it was a fad and a phenomenon that took hold and you know something good or bad that took a hold it there was some hook to it and you know what i for someone who is again outside of the fan base outside of the intended audience i still find it to be a trashy but entertaining movie yeah, because yeah, yeah. the movie buys wholesale how serious all these proceedings are no matter how fucking silly everything is and uh you know again I, I i i like i said i don't think we'll i don't think this will be our only stop at forks i think we have more forks trips in our future and uh i i and instead <laughs> of looking at those with dread i look forward to those with absolutely uh, with, uh, much joy <laughs> yeah um so yeah i think uh yeah I, i'm with you i think we're on the same page of like trashy but yeah whatever we're having yeah exactly like i enjoy marvel movies but they probably have had a worse impact on culture than twilight <laughs> yeah oh ooh, 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 that's a good question maybe maybe we need to uh, what's trashier thor the dark world or twilight <laughs> good question I, I, I had more fun watching twilight I did too. I did too. <laughs> uh, but you know what? That was a fun trip to Forks, but we have to move on to our next episode, and that'll be our new episode premiering in two weeks. And mm -hmm. Luana. Yeah, Travis. So, you know, recently, as of this recording, James Gunn 
took to the internet and announced the slate of DC movies coming up because he is a uh, one of the he's he's one of he's one of the co heads of this mm-hmm, whole mm-hmm. DC movie franchise now and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and I think since you know obviously James Gunn has become a prominent figure in the past and his his uh, rep is certainly still going to be in play for the next decade or so. Maybe we need to go back and uh, see how little old Gun got his start, and how yeah. little old Gun got his start was shepherding another franchise, not a superhero franchise, but another very popular franchise with children, and that's Scooby Doo. Oh, a scrappy young filmmaker indeed. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we're talking about. The 2002 live-action Scooby-Doo with Matthew Lillard and Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar and Linda Carlini. A very 2002 cast, <laughs> one might say. <laughs> uh, but one that, it's funny, uh, I, think I'll, I think I have some thoughts about this, but a movie that has really become sort of a nostalgia classic for yeah yeah uh-huh. certain generations. And uh, I might uh-huh. have some thoughts on that. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. it yeah, it, it, that's that's a movie. I oh, I actually don't think I've seen Scooby Doo since I first saw it back in two thousand two. So I I I, ha- I wonder what the reputation, how it uh, fares for me on rewatch. Uh, I was pretty positive on it when I first watched it. Um, for the uh, when did they call it? Like not all that. Oh, twenty twenty one. So uh, <laughs> two years ago. Okay. Well. Well, in the meanwhile, we're going to assemble a big old sandwich to get ready to chow down for some Scooby-Doo time. <laughs> but until then, we, uh, we're we going to relax, and you can relax, by rating this show five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And you can also follow the show on Twitter at TrashMoviePod and email the show at TrashMoviePod at gmail.com. In two weeks will be our new episode on Scooby-Doo, but until then, the defense rests. See ya. See ya.